Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Without further ado, uh, we can jump into the Word tonight. I'm just going to be reading one scripture. If you want to stand with me, I'm going to be reading from Exodus 33, chapter 11. Chapter, uh, Chapter 33, verse 11. There we go. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp. But his servant, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Joshua was an incredible person. If you don't know this by now, let me tell you, Joshua is like my dude. Like he's the guy. I I, I just, I look, when I'm reading the Bible, I can't wait till I get through those like first five chapters so that I can get back into Joshua because I think he's just such an epic character. I think he's just such an incredible man of God, and uh, his life is such a process, and it's, it's beautiful, really, to watch. And in this scripture that we're reading about, Moses was, as you can see, going into the tabernacle, convening with God, kind of getting some instruction how to lead the people of Israel, but he left. But Joshua realized that he was in the presence of God, and so he kind of probably looked at Moses and said, well... If it's okay with you, I want to hang out here a little bit longer. I want to be in the presence of God just a little bit longer. And so tonight, for a few moments, I just want to talk to you on this thought. Trust the process. Trust the process. Let's pray tonight. Thank you, God, for this opportunity to just come into your presence, to lift up your holy name. God, we we don't deserve all that you've done for us, but we're so thankful. And God, I pray that your spirit would just meet us here tonight. Let our hearts and our minds be receptive to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. You may be seated. The year was 2014. It was a rainy day. No, I don't actually know if it was a rainy day. But the year was 2014. It was around uh, the middle of June. And the San Antonio Spurs had just won the NBA Finals championship. They had just beaten LeBron James and his buddies, Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade, in the Miami Heat after an epic seven game series. LeBron James and his amazing team just were not able to go and beat the San Antonio Spurs and win their third straight championship. Although this was his fourth straight finals, LeBron James was on a path that we now know as eight straight NBA championships. The Golden State Warriors, I'm I'm just giving you some groundwork here. I know you don't all care about basketball. That's okay. I promise it's okay. But the Golden State Warriors, they, they were about to produce a team that really in our lifetime and in the NBA's lifetime, nobody has ever seen. It was 2014, and this team was about to win the 2015 championship And they would be unstoppable pretty much for the next, till now, four years. And in Philadelphia, they had decided that it was time for a change. 
The Philadelphia 76ers, once a very honored and prestige team, was just not able to even make the playoffs. I mean, they were a team that just kept losing. They were a bunch of lovable losers, if you will, and they really were not able to cut it. And the Philadelphia 76ers team decided they were going to go in a different direction. And so they looked to a man by the name of Sam Hinkie. Sam Hinkie. And he was a guy that was all about the numbers. He didn't care who you were. He didn't care how great you were. He didn't care about your, your call, what college drafted you, what college gave you a scholarship. All he cared about was the numbers. He was an analytics guy, if you will. He wanted to know how many baskets you got, how many offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, assists, all of those wonderful numbers. And Sam Hinkie came to understand that there is only one LeBron James, and we don't have him on our team. Sam Hinkie understood that the Golden State Warriors were a team that was up and coming, and they had multiple great players. And he said to himself, you don't get that good unless you are bad for a little while and draft really well. Because here's how it works in most major league sports. The worst team in the league gets the best pick in the draft next year. And so Sam Hinkie would start on this road called the process. And his team over the next three years would be the worst team in the league three straight years. At one point, they started off their season winning one game and losing 21 straight games. Yeah, that's not fun. Not fun at all. But over the next three years, Sam Hinkie would draft in the top three all three years. And he drafted a young man by the name of Joel Embiid. Do you have a picture of him there, Jason? There he is. There's Joel Embiid. And then he would draft an LSU guy by the name of Ben Simmons. Do we have him? there? Nope, that's Markel Fault. There we go, Benjamin Simmons. There he is. And then he would find an undrafted guy by the name of Robert Covington. There he is. And then finally, no, there he is, Markel Fault. There it is. All right. And he would draft these players year after year after year. What you don't understand is he would actually draft these players that were injured. Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, all missed their very first year. But he did it on purpose with a reason, knowing the process was the purpose. And so he would draft these players knowing that they would not even play a single game their first year so the team would continue to be bad. He would shed all kinds of salary so that his team would be the worst in the league. There's actually pictures that you can look at of Sam Hinkie when he was first fired and Sam Hinkie when he stepped down. And he lost so much weight because of depression and anxiety, not knowing if what he was doing was actually going to work. But he stuck with the process. Year after year, they were stuck as a bad team. While Golden State and Cleveland and LeBron James continued to battle it out in the finals, these other players continued to grow, get healthy, and become who they are now. Finally, after the 2017 season, Sam Hinkie was fired. And they said, we don't know if we can trust this process anymore. And in 2018, even at the draft for the 2018, 
the Philadelphia fans showed up with big signs saying, trust the process. He was able to push the process so strongly that even the fan base was able to get behind him and see what was going on. All of a sudden, they understood, wow, we've got a couple of superstars on our team. Sure, they might not be LeBron James, but they are pretty good. And so Sam Hankey, although he was no longer part of it, Joel Embiid, that first guy I showed you, he took on the nickname, The Process, and he said, we're going to win it for Sam Hankey. Where every, this year, going into the 2018-2019 season, the Philadelphia 76ers are one of four teams, maybe five teams, that are looked at as an actual championship contender. They are one of only a handful of teams that are seen as some team that is able to do anything. And it's all because of one man by the name, by the name of Sam Hinkey and his idea of a process. This team this year is set up to be a championship contender. Where everyone else saw futility, Sam saw a process. Where, every, where everyone else saw failure, Sam saw a road to victory. Where others saw a waste of time, Sam saw stepping stones. It wasn't easy, and I'm sure every one of those Philadelphia fans were a little bit angry at times. But in the end, I bet if you talk to one of them today, they'd say, it was all worth it. The truth is, you and I, we find ourselves in a process. And where others may look at our life and say, there's failure, there's mistakes. Others may look at your life and say, they're not really good for anything. They're shy. They're not really outgoing. They don't really have many skills or assets that they could contribute to any team or to any kingdom. God is looking down and saying, you're exactly who I need. You're exactly who I want on my team. You're exactly where I need you to be in your life. And where some of us may even be looking at ourselves and saying, I don't have all, all I need to do what God wants me to do. God's saying, don't count yourself out yet. You're going through the process. The truth is, tonight I believe is God is calling some people, some families, some young person, some, some middle-aged person, some elders, into a deeper relationship with him. I believe that God is calling LifePoint to a deeper place of consecration. I believe God is taking LifePoint to new heights, and I believe that it's going to take every single one of us. And so it's us right now in the middle of the process going, I don't understand why I have to be going through what I'm going through, but I'm here tonight to let you know that there's a purpose in the process. There's a purpose in the process. I believe every person in this room has a role to play in the kingdom of God. They have a role. You have a role to play at this place called LifePoint. And I'm so thankful that we get to do life together. I'm so thankful that we get to do the new normal together. It's going to be exciting, and God has a purpose for you and for your family and for why you are here. It's so easy sometimes, right, to look at a finished product, to maybe look at a preacher, to look at a pastor, maybe to look at somebody who's teaching a lot of Bible studies and say, man, it's, they, they just got it. It's natural for them. Oh, they can do that, but I, I could never. Me? It's so easy to look at somebody else who's a little bit further down the road and say, I don't know if I could do it like them. And here's the truth. God doesn't want you to do it like them. 
He wants you to do it like you. He wants you to be you and use your personality, your giftings, your callings. And God wants some people tonight to understand that the process, the process is just as important as who you are becoming. The process of what you're going through, the process of what it is and how you are growing. Maybe you're not the prayer warrior that you want to be. Maybe you're not that outgoing worshiper that you want to be. Maybe you're not that overly committed person able to show up to church every single time the church doors are open. Maybe you're not that outgoing evangelistic type inviting somebody to church. But can I tell you, God's calling you to a deeper relationship with him. And the process of getting there is just as important as anything. Joshua, I told you, he's this great leader, incredible person. I, I really, I look at him, I'm like, man, that guy's got it going on. I'm the guy, right? I'm like, man, he's, he's I, I don't want the process. I want Joshua. I just want to be Joshua some days. But he's a great leader of the children of Israel. In fact, uh, how cool is it? He has a book of the Bible named after him. And we can look at all the highlights of Joshua's life, and I've gone through some of them with y'all before, whether it's the sun, commanding the sun to stand still, or whether it's that battle of Jericho, silently walking around uh, four walls and then hollering and worshiping and watching them fall down, whether it's that declaration at the end of his life where he says, choose ye this day who you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And all of us, maybe you have got like one of those welcome mats at your front door and you're like, choose ye this day who you'll serve. And maybe you've got it in your kitchen, right? As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And it's really cute now. But at that moment, I'm sure Joshua stood up there declaring that. And how epic was that moment? But here's the truth. Before Joshua was ever leading the nation of Israel into these great battles, before he was ever talking to God in that tabernacle about 101 and asking him to make that sun stand still, we can find Joshua as just a young man, a spy sent into the promised land in Numbers chapter 13. Ten spies, they, they go, 12 spies, they go in, 10 come back with that negative report. As Don Passer preached two weeks ago, the grasshoppers, right? What an epic uh, sermon. And, and, and they come back, these spies, and say, we can't do it. And then you've got Joshua and you've got Caleb saying, whoa, 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 slow down, slow your roll. And he says, we can do this, we got this. And all of a sudden, they're sent into a, situation, Caleb and Joshua, that they never wanted to go into. I mean, they saw the goodness of God. They saw how good God was to them and how strong God was for them. And we can cross the Red Sea. We can cross the Jordan. We can do all these great and amazing things. And, and all these negativity took them down a path that they probably didn't want to go. And, and so here they are walking through the desert. Even Joshua and Caleb, two people who wanted to trust God. And here they are trusting God, now wandering. But this was all part of the process. And we can find ourselves in that same place, living for God and going, why am I wandering? What's going on? Why, why is life like this? Why is this hurt and this pain? I mean, I'm living for God. I'm believing his promises. I'm believing for the promised land. I'm believing for the, the giant grapes. I'm believing for the good flowing honey. I'm believing for it. And yet, I'm wandering. I'm in this moment of questioning. Even though it's nothing... You've done. But that's the process, right? So here's Joshua 
Here's Caleb walking through these moments, and he's, he's just growing in God. And it's in these moments in the wilderness that Moses goes into this tent and talks with God. The Bible says faith, face to face. And Joshua, he hangs out, lingers, because he says, this is what, if, the, if I have to wander, I'm going to be as close to God as I can be. See, you might not know why you're going through what you're going through. You might not understand why life is the way life is. You, you, you might have everything under control, but can I tell you, in the midst of your process, the number one thing that you can do is get closer and closer to God. See, Joshua could have decided, I'm going to get closer and closer to Moses. I, I'm going to get closer and closer to the man of God. And I mean, he was his right-hand man. He got pretty close to him. But that wasn't his number one priority. His number one priority was, I need to be in the presence of God. Your prayer life during the process is what is going to make you or break you when you come on the other side of the process. Your prayer life and your time with God, your relationship with God throughout the process, it's going to be what makes you or breaks you when you come out on the other side. Joshua realized God's calling me to a deeper level. I don't care if I'm wandering. I don't care if I'm going through things that I wish I really wasn't. In fact, I have the faith that I shouldn't be going through this, but instead I'm going to draw closer to God rather than question. God. And there's some people here tonight that you've been questioning God and let I, he doesn't mind our questions. He can handle our questions. But don't let your questions get in between you and your relationship with God. While the rest of the Israelites were allowing their insecurities to overtake them, allowing the devil to run over their lives, here is a young man. Here's a man of God saying, I may not be the leader yet. I may not have the final call yet. I may just be a man, but I am taking a stand. I'm standing for what's right, and I'm getting closer and closer to God. I'm going to stand and say, the promise is on the other side, and we can do it. The process got a hold of Joshua. He, had not, he, he didn't have to worry about anything else in his life because that process had got a hold of him. I hope tonight that there's some people under the sound of my voice that you will allow the process that God wants to put you through to get a hold of you. Whatever area it is of your life, whatever moment it is in your life, whether it's hurts, whether it's anticipations, whether it's anxieties, whether it's just looking forward to being a greater man or woman of God, I pray that you would allow God to get a hold of you with this process and that you would start to push towards whatever it is that he wants to take you to. And like I said, your Moses might walk out of the tabernacle and go, go back to where what he needs to be doing, but if you would just linger, spend time in the presence of God. Keep moving forward. That's what Joshua does. He continues to allow the process to shape his future. Use this time. During this time in your life, during this time in Joshua's life, he said, I'm going to allow these moments with me and God become something of, of, of a regularity, right? I'm not going to let these moments just be sparse. And that can be easy too, right? In that midst of the wandering where it's like, okay, I'll, I'll kind of uh, fill in God, let him know where we're at. Okay, we're doing better, God. Okay, I'm going to go do my thing. And then it's like, okay, I'm, God, I'm just doing my weekly check-in. All right, things are good. But no, make sure you've got that one-on-one daily time with God. 
Use your time wisely. Give God time to speak into your life. Before Joshua ever walked around the walls of Jericho, before he ever commanded that son, he committed to the process. He committed to allowing God to build him into what God wanted him to be. Now understand this. Now this is the truth. Boom. Truth bomb. When you give in to the process, commit to it, the other thing that you are going to do is paint a great big target on your back for the devil. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's, it's, it's fantastic. It's wonderful. But can I tell you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. God is on your side. He's fighting for you. He is working for you. He is doing all he can to show you that I am for you. I'm not against you. And so if you will step out, and it, we're about to enter into a season of life point that we've never been in before. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun, y'all. It's going to be so fun. I got to talking with Anthony on, on uh, uh, Butler on Monday night, and we got talking about entering into the new normal. And it was, he was just excited. I was excited. We were just like egging each other on. We're like, what's this going to be like? Oh, my goodness. Here we are. We're growing. And uh, what a good you know, problem to have. And we just got spurring each other on, thinking of and building some faith and believing God to fill this building up not only once, but twice, three times. We're like, what, what's going to happen when we have to go to three services, right? And, and we just got so excited about this new normal. And I believe that's the process that God's taking life point through. And I believe he's calling some families to take a step that maybe you've never taken before. And maybe you're a little bit leery of it, and you're a little bit like, well, maybe, you know, that's, that's more time, that's more, that's more work, that's more effort, that's more commitment, and, and oh, like, come on, you know, like, I like my life the way it is. And maybe God's just calling you into a deeper place with him. And, and I, I, I pray that you don't back down from that. Don't, don't back away from that tension that God is creating on your life. Lean into that and let's see what God can do through you and through your family. Because I believe it's going to be greater things than you can even imagine. Because the process that you're living out is going to be so much greater in the end than it is even in this moment. The truth is the devil, he wants to destroy you. He wants to mess you up. He's that liar, that, that, that manipulator, that, that, you know, he's just out to get you, right? You feel like it's a Monday all the time, and that's the devil, right? It's just Monday every day. Why, what, what, it's, it's like Friday. What, why does it feel like Monday? And the devil, he's just a liar, man. He's just coming to rob and to kill and to destroy. He's out to rob you of your, your, your process. He's out to tell you that God isn't for you. Everything you're doing right now, it's just a waste of time. But you keep believing. Why do you keep believing God for that? You really, you really think God can heal you of that? You really think God can fix your family? You really? <laughs> but don't, don't allow the devil to get his words into your head. Turn from those or reject them. I love it. In fact, I think Pastor tweeted it today or, or Facebooked it today, and he said, "Fight the words of the enemy with words out of your mouth. Don't don't let him get you stuck in your head. 
Speak truth. Get into your Bible and start to speak the words of God. Because the devil can't stand against the word of God. You start speaking those truths and all of a sudden he has to flee, right? He has to run from you because you're speaking that word and it's coming out. Faith is just pouring out of you. And the devil has no place for that. The devil might come against you, but he has no strength against you when you lean into God. Yeah, like Job, you might understand that God allows some things, the devil to, you know, do what he thinks he can do to turn you away. But, but when you're like Job, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Yet I will serve him. I'm, I'm leaning in, God. I'm leaning into this process. I, it doesn't matter if I'm looking around and my family's not what I thought my family would be. I'm looking around and, and my, my finances aren't what I quite, quite thought my finances would be. I'm looking around and, my, you know, I've got sickness. I've got anxiety. Whatever it is, it's all. But God, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. There's nothing more frightening to the devil than a bunch of people on fire for God, saying, I'm committing to the process that God has for my life so that I can become what it is that he has called me to become. See, before David was ever, became, ever became that great king that you read about in 1 Samuel and beginning of 2 Samuel there, before he ever becomes that great king, before he ever gets called a man after God's own heart, do you know what he was? Just a shepherd boy. I, 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 sometimes I'm mowing lawns, right? And I, I like to think, oh, what, would David be mowing lawns today? Like if he was like living around, I don't know. That's just like, I don't know. Maybe he'd be a mechanic, Bubby. I don't know, right? Like why not? I don't know what's David doing if he's living in 2018. But all I know is way back then he was taking care of a few sheep. All I know is before he was ever called this great man, he was writing a few songs. He was just plucking away on his guitar. He was just doing his thing, writing some psalms. But he leaned in to the process. All of a sudden, God gave him an opportunity. All of a sudden, I, I don't know if it was a divine thing. I'm sure it all was. But God sends a lion in. And where everyone else is questioning, Whoa, God, why are you attacking my sheep with a lion? David sees an opportunity. This is an opportunity in the midst of the process where God's going to allow me to rip this lion limb from limb. And then a bear. Why, God? No, no, David never did that. David steps up, kills the bear, all so that this resume could be built so that when that Goliath stood in front of him, he could say, hang on, king. God's allowing a process to come over my life. And in the midst of this process, I've had to kill a lion. I've had to kill a bear. And now this Philistine is going to be just like them. I'm going to take him down, dude. Right? He steps up. I'm in the midst of the process. I can handle this. I don't understand it all. I don't know why my sheep got attacked. But I'm in the process and God is doing something great in my life. And so here he goes, writing songs to God, killing lions, killing bears. And then all of a sudden that anointing comes over him. He's king. He's a man after God's own heart. And so he, here he was, ever before fighting giants and winning battles for the army of Israel, he was defending sheep. What was that? That was the process. Before Daniel was ever faced with the threat of being thrown into a lion's den, he was first forced with lowering his standards and letting some of his convictions and eating habits go. Right? Like, that's all it was. 
Like, Daniel, why? Like, you get taken away in captivity. Just eat whatever your captors tell you to eat. Be thankful your captors are feeding you, right? Like, just be thankful, man. They, they've got a smorgasbord. Just eat it. Be happy. Instead, Daniel looks at his captors and says, hey, uh, yeah, do you have anything else on the menu? Is there, like, is there anything that you haven't put on here yet? And the guy's like, what? And so Daniel, instead of bending his convictions in the midst of the process, instead of saying, uh, you know what, I'll just I'll let it go. I'll let it slide this time. Instead, he stands up and says, no, I will not let this slide. This is what God's called me to do. This is what God expects from me. And so I'm not going to let it slide this time. And what was that? That was the process. Daniel, it's just the king's meat. It's just the best there is, man. Do it. No, God's got me on a process, and I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Then he stands before king with the threat of a lion's den, and what is he able to do? He's able to stand. Why? He had gone through the process. He'd gone through it, and so now here he is. This is easy. If I can ask them for more more food on the menu, I'm not too worried if I'm praying to God what's going to happen to me. He's able to go through it and come out on the other side. Some of you are wanting those lion den moments, right? You're not wanting, obviously, to stand in a den full of lions, but you're wanting that miraculous where the lion's mouths are shut. You're wanting to stand before some Goliaths and take them down. You're wanting to have these miracle moments. You're, you're wanting that man after God's own heart moments. But God is just asking you not to take partake of the king's meat. He's asking you to just... Go through some of these process moments so that he can take you to those miraculous moments. I know that each and every one of us, if, we, if you got the chance to hold on to this mic tonight, you could probably tell us about the processes that God has taken you through in your life. And you could probably tell us of some of the nights that you've gone to bed questioning and wondering, why is life the way it is? Why is God allowing these things to happen to me? Why, why, why? And all I want to do tonight is bring us back and say, you're going through another process. And it's okay. And God has a plan. And I believe every person under the sound of my voice tonight, God wants to, he wants to anoint you with an anointing you've never had before. He wants to take you to a place in his presence that maybe you've never gone before. And in this next season of life point he wants to use you he wants to use your family in a way that maybe you guys have never even understood or thought this is possible for us but that's a process god's taking you through see sometimes we are wanting the outcome without ever submitting to that process where sam hinky sat behind his desk and questioned am i really making all the right calls I can tell you now in 2018, there's a bunch of fans in, 20, in, in Philadelphia saying, thank you, Sam. In fact, on Instagram, I've seen literal Philadelphia fans with tattoos of Sam Hinkie's face on their body. All because of a man that just picked a couple of basketball players. But he was going through a process. And it came down to him saying, trust the process. How much greater are the things that God has done in your life? How much more amazing are the things that God's calling you to and the depths and heights that he wants to take you to? And that's really where we have to trust the process.
Let's all stand tonight. I don't know if I've ever said the word process more in my life in like a 20-minute span. But I, I, I mean, I've heard repetition, man. It's supposed to work a little bit, I hope. But I hope when you leave this room tonight, I hope that you can spend some time, and we'll spend some time in prayer before we leave, but I hope you can spend some time going, okay, God, what is it that you're taking me through? Where are you taking me to, and what is the process in between? And I believe there's some people that you're going to step up in ways that you never believed you could. It's not me. It's not, it's not my personality. If I could tell you when I was 12 years old, 13 years old, walking into high school, however old I was, 14, and I was this weird little kid. Some of you have heard, like, I literally, I'd shave my whole head except for my bangs. And I do have a picture. I will get it one day. We can all laugh about it. And I would push my bangs up. It was so not cool. And I would walk into that high school in my ninth grade year, my freshman year, thinking I had the world by the tail only to get bullied for the next year and a half, two years. Probably I I deserved it for my hair. But God took me through a process in that time. And at the time, I didn't like it. I mean, I remember walking from my math class up to art. It was around, you had to go up some stairs. And I had this one guy follow me. My math class was in the cafeteria. The school was just jam-packed with students that year. And he grabbed a handful of, like, mustard packets. And he squirted the mustard packets all over my brand-new jacket. Like, who does? Kids are mean, man. And I remember I went home that night. I'm like, why, God? Like, I've never done anything to this guy. And over the course of the next few years, God would allow some understanding, I guess, in students' lives to where they understood, okay, Brendan's really a good guy. He's... he's like, I never responded. Man, they'd, they'd cuss at me. They, they'd try to get me to cuss. I mean, it was, it was brutal. High school was brutal for the first two years. And finally, some walls started to drop. And I was able to make friends not just with football players, not just with, you know, the skateboard guys or the weird art people or, you know. I was able to literally befriend every friend group. And God started to open my understanding when I I started to feel called of God around 15 years old, around the 11th grade. God started saying, Brennan, this process I took you through was to help you to connect. And can I tell you, like, that's something, I I don't know if I have many skills. I promise you, I read the story of the people with talents, and I, I believe God's given me one talent, and it's to be friendly, and I do my best with that one talent. And I believe God, he allowed some stuff to, to take place in my first two years of high school to chip some things off of me, to break down some barriers that I I had in my life. And now, you know what? I've, I've been able to work with students for almost 14 years, 15 years. And, you know, it doesn't matter if they're the coolest student, the least popular student, the weirdest student, the smelliest. It doesn't matter. God's given me an ability to connect. That's called the process right there. I didn't love it, but God used it. And there's things in your life I know that right now you can look at and go, okay, we're walking through this. I'm walking through this, and God's got a reason for it. 
So tonight, across this place, if we could just close our eyes, shut ourselves in with God. I don't care if you're the youngest person in this room or you're the oldest person in this room. I want us to lift up our hands and say, God, I'm committing myself to the process that you've got for my life. The presence of God is meeting us here right now. And you can feel his presence. And he wants to do some things in your life. In Jesus' name, God, we are opening ourselves up. We're leaning into that process, God. God, we want to be like Joshua, Lord. When everyone else was saying it couldn't be done, he said it can be done. And although he wandered, he stuck close by your side, Lord. And we're leaning into our process tonight, Jesus. Whatever you're calling us to do, whatever you're calling our families to do, whatever you're calling these married couples to do, I pray in Jesus' name that you take them to that level in you, Lord. You do greater things, God, than we can even fathom, God. Greater things than we can even imagine, Lord. That's it. Let's lift up our voice in this place. In Jesus' name, we're committing to it, God. Jesus' name, God. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by the preaching of God's Word. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, or if you plan to attend one of our services, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Grace that was spoken.